welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. Welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod. This is episode 20. Blimey. That's quite grown up, isn't it? Coming up, we have an interview with Rob from Everything Theatre. He's on Camden Fringe Pod to talk about what it's like being a member of the press during the busy fringe season and how best to approach the press and what to expect from them. And what not to expect. Thank you for joining us, Rob. That's okay. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, nice to chat to you again. So we've been on a sort of pod exchange where we've appeared on Rob's excellent Everything Theatre podcast. And now he's going to appear on the Camden Fringe pod to give us the perspective of a reviewer and a publication. Yeah, I think the one thing I always say to people at the start is um, don't get disheartened when you don't get every reviewer come back to you. I mean, I receive 300 emails a week. Wow. Wow. Especially as we get into August, I, I reckon 300 is probably a good average. We've got Camden Fringe, we've got Edinburgh Fringe coming up. So basically everyone who has got your email address or everyone has searched for your email address and we are just getting bombarded now with emails and invite. And then you get second invites and third invite. So, I mean, the most important thing for anyone, especially Camden Fringe, is don't get disheartened. Just go with the flow. And do you think second invites and third invites are worth doing? Yeah. As much as I should say no, then I might not get so many emails. I think sometimes, especially if something's changed or if you've got new casting or... I mean, I always say to people, get your invites in early. And actually, the best advice I can probably give at the moment is people to listen back to your marketing and PR pod because they gave some really good advice. I think the PR one about the press release was fantastic. And the marketing one as well had some really good tips on there. The press release one was literally heaven for me, listening to what they were saying because um, I think people brain dump, don't they, when they send a press release out or send an email out. I think you think, oh, I'll tell them everything about my show. I'll tell them all the information, and it will make them want to come and see it. And it's actually the reverse, because I ain't going to read the whole 2,000-line email. So when you email anyone about the press, keep it concise. Make sure you tell us the show, the venue, the time and dates, and a very brief synopsis at the top of the email. Because that is all we're going to read, to be honest. Because after that, we're on to the next email already. So keep all the vital information at the top. If I have to go hunting for when your show is on or what time your show is on, there's a good chance I may be having a bad day with emails and I may just think I haven't got the time and don't go any further. So keep all the vital information at the top, then attach your press release or copy and paste it underneath the vital information. But I want to be able to read an email invite and just get that vital information immediately because that is what i use for everything theater we've got a team of around 50 reviewers so all i do with that information is i pump that into a spreadsheet and then our reviewers see that and i assume it's probably similar for a lot of other review sites once it's more than just you reviewing you're sharing the information out of your team so keep the information nice concise because that is all we're looking at so that's probably the most important thing. After that, be realistic who you invite. Be really realistic in that the Times and the Guardian ain't coming to see your show at Camden Fringe. As much as you think it's probably worthy for them, they're not coming. 
many of the bigger publications will not come to shows less than 10 days. Yeah. Sometimes people forget to blind copy their mailing list in, so they'll email out everybody and, and we can see who they've invited. You know, they've sent the same email to 200 people and they've sent it to every national publication and the show's on for three, four days. Don't waste your time. Be realistic who you invite. Look for the people like Everything Theatre who are these volunteer bloggers because we are the ones that are coming to see your shows. We do Fringe Theatre. There's lots out there. There's lots of little blogs out there who do little shows, and they're the ones you want at this stage. That's what you need to think about before you even send your invite out, really. Just a little practical question. Do you like it if when someone approaches you and they say, uh, here's the details of my show, let me know if you'd like a pair of tickets? Because your reviewers are volunteers, is that quite helpful if they have two tickets so they can sort of make an evening of it? Yeah, some people will not come out if it's a single ticket. It varies between people. As you say, because we're volunteers, quite often people will use it as a cheap date night. I find in the winter, I feel very uncomfortable when it's only a single ticket in a venue that's, shall we say, off the beaten track. I've got a lot of young 20-something females who write for us. I always ask for a plus one for shows for them because a lot of them will say they don't feel comfortable going out by themselves. It's not so bad for Camden Fringe because your venues are usually all quite central and it's not midwinter. But a plus one can make a difference. So if you can squeeze to a plus one, let us know because that will open up the possibilities of the number of people that will come. If you can't do a plus one or if you can't guarantee a plus one up front, say, you know, we'll see near the time and get back to us. And again, I think people will invite 20 reviewers and think all 20 are coming so I can only do a single ticket each. But you're not going to get all 20 reviewers along. You're going to get three, four, five of us along generally, if you're lucky. Try and do a plus one. It does make a difference to a lot of people. Are there any absolute no-nos that you kind of see when people email you? Almost the worst thing you can say in your press release is, this show is unique. You've never seen anything like it before. And it's usually about the 10th show I've seen with the same description that day. That really actually can put me off. I don't mind that your show may be covering themes that have been done before. It's about how you're covering them. Don't use these stock lines of, you know, this show is unique. You'll be thrilled. You'll see something you won't ever have seen. Trust me, we've seen it. (laughs) Not to be harsh on people's shows. It's about how you describe your show. It's about telling us why it's slightly different you know so it comes down to that initial description of the show you know a little one paragraph synopsis of your show and tell us why your show about feeling isolated in london isn't like the other 20 shows that are coming next month feeling isolated in london you know what is your angle because again that's what we read so that is what's going to sell it to us so if we just read you've never seen a show like this before it's like yes we have move on to the next email so avoid sentences that don't mean anything yeah yeah, every word is important. That that little synopsis for your show that we read is what's going to make us generally decide if we're coming to the show or not. There's certain topics that I see come up time and time again. And oh, and I say, I will go see the shows. The one I always go back to is, um, is this thing about, you know, this whole, you know, being young and isolated in a big city like London. And that's a very common theme. And yet I always see that described as, you know, I've taken a whole fresh approach to this. Like, no, you haven't. There was a show called Almost Adult, uh, Charlotte and Tilly. And that was about a young girl moving to London and feeling very isolated in London and it all going terribly wrong. But she'd done it in such an interesting, unique way. You know, she, and she never, she never tried to sell it that it's the first time you've seen the show. She just sold it on, I'm taking this approach. 
and it worked and it was fantastic for it and i loved the show and I, i've seen it twice um because she sold it in a very different way to me so yeah do that um the other thing i'd say to people when you are searching around for people to invite check for ones that do um interviews as well because if you can get an interview on their site and i find them we, we do a lot of in- interviews and in everything theater and sometimes i the interview will sell the show as well you know some of my reviewers will read the interviews and they'll say oh that i'll go see that show now so that can help but also it gets your show out there and it gets you a nice web presence if you can get some little interviews up always look for for the bloggers who do interviews and a lot of them have a very standard online form so they've standard questions you just go on their website fill it in they'll post an interview and that can help as well because that can give that little bit of more information that people might look at later you can sort of do your own interview as well can't you you could film something where you talk about your show get your friend to ask specific questions that you want to answer and do a little kind of interesting trailer and put that out as well Oh, I mean, trailers are fantastic if you can do them, but probably not from getting the reviewers no. in the first place because we're not going to stop and watch a trailer. But but they are quite good for later. I think images are quite good as well because, as we know, images will grab your attention first. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a really nice graphic already for your show, ping that on the email as well because we'll see that and that might grab our attention to start with. So that's another way to sort of just... Get your foot in the door. But not a massively high-res image to start with. Oh, yeah, don't overload my inbox with a 200 megabyte image. My poor little laptop can't deal with it. I occasionally get sent like 20 images in one email and my laptop grinds to a halt and I will then get very angry and delete the email. I mean, the other thing I was going to say for people looking for reviews at the moment is once you've got the reviewer in, don't expect five-star reviews. Don't be disheartened if you don't get a run of five-star reviews. My mantra that I keep driving into people is there's nothing wrong with a three-star review because you have to start somewhere. We say three stars is good. Three stars means we enjoyed the show. It was an entertaining evening, but it means that there's room for improvement. And, I mean, let's face it, a lot of Camden Fringe are people testing out new shows. They're people trying new ideas. You know, that's the fun yeah. of the Camden Fringe, isn't it? It's the whole risk-taking of being able to put on a show just to try, see if it works. So don't be disheartened if you only get a three-star review because that's not an only it's still a review and it's something to work upon thinking you said don't send reams of information in advance is it good for reviewers to have information in like the form of a program or just a sheet of paper when they're actually at the show for their reviews is it useful to have a list of the creatives involved yeah the especially actors actors and pronouns now so, so we can make sure we get the information right but Keep it cheap. Do it online. Put get If you've got a website, put all the information on the website. Give us the link. Give us the QR code. What I see with a lot of theatres, as you go into the venue, you go to the door, there's a QR code to scan on the door. That takes us to an online programme. Don't waste too much money doing a, a flashy programme. If you are going to do something physically, keep it a sheet of A4. Just so we know the, the names. You know, Give us your actors' names. Give us your, um, you know, give us their pronouns. And give us the other creatives. So tell us, who, if you've got a licensed designer in, tell us who did that, because we will name check them. Because sometimes we do scramble back trying to find names. And you know what? Sometimes it's bigger shows as well that are really bad at it. If you can, do it online. If you can't, do a sheet of A4. How long has Everything Theatre been going now? 12 years, 2011. And did you set it up? No, no, I didn't. I didn't join until 2016. Two students set it up. They ran it for like five years. Obviously, by that stage, they'd finished their um, degrees and whatever else they went on to. 
So they decided to give it up and they, they asked people to sort of take it on. It went through another pair of hands. They did it for about a year and then realized it was too much work. I offered to help out and yeah. And then I've literally over the last five, six years, I've somehow managed to take the whole thing on and have kept going with it. And we're doing all right. We're now getting readership on the website, but about double what we were getting pre-lockdown. So we're averaging about 12,500 unique visitors a month on the website. So we're looking at about 150,000 for the year. That's fantastic. It's not bad for what I say. It's a little volunteer run. We do all right for ourselves, I always think. And have you always been interested in theatre? Have you had any involvement in theatre professionally? I'm a late comer to theatre. I did not get into theatre until my 30s. I used to do music. I used to do gig reviews about 20 years ago. And the joke is, I've always said, is that as I got older, theatre was easy to review. So you get a seat and it's not quite so loud. It's very true. But yeah, no, I never went to theatre. So until until I was in my 30s, I started going. And then I wanted to start writing again, hence why I sort of got in touch with everything theatre initially back in 2016. So, you know, I'm, I know you're always looking for reviewers. I am interested in writing again. Was it fringe theatre that you got into or was it, you know, big West End shows or was it a mixture of everything? It was a mixture. I was seeing someone at the time and um, she liked her theatre. So she sort of would take me to bits and pieces. So we saw I would, what I'd call the mid-range. So we wasn't at the West End that often. Took me to Wicked once and I've always had a dislike for Wicked ever since. But um <laughs> Oh, I, I don't understand how Wicked is still going. But yeah, we used to go to sort of a lot of drama and that. And that's when I really got the bug from them or anything else. And have you got any favourite um, venues that you like to visit? They don't have to be Camden Fringe ones. Um, well, weirdly, it is. I mean, Lion and Unicorn. I was chatting to someone last week about Lion and Unicorn. And we are trying to decide if it's because it's got such a nice pub that it's a nice venue or whether it's David, who I know you had on here a few weeks ago. David Brady is an incredible person to nurture all the creatives that come through that theatre. And he seems to have created a vibe in there. So when you go there on nights, you get so many people there. I mean, I can't go to that venue now or stand in the pub afterwards without chatting to two or three people who have got shows coming up. I like what they put on in that venue. His programming puts on a style of shows I find really, really interesting. Cause I like the sort of, I like the social commentary that he does very well. Are you ever on the lookout for more reviewers? We are always on the lookout for more reviewers. I reckon we cover about a third of the shows we get invited to. Considering we are looking to do about 600 shows this year, it shows you how many invites we have to turn down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anyone wants to, and what I think we pride ourselves on with everything theatre, we try to nurture reviewers. So you don't have to have tons of experience. You've just got to have a love of theatre and an ability to write. So, yeah, we ask people to send us a sample of something they've reviewed just so we can make sure that they're not just go spend, you know, 600 words describing the plot. You know, a review isn't about the plot. A review is about why the police moved you, why you enjoyed it or why you didn't enjoy it. Yeah, but we are always keen for new reviewers. I say we have a lot of very young reviewers. We have a lot of university students who write for us. Um, and you don't have to be involved with the theatre. I've never worked in theatre. I say I've got no theatre background. The aim of the review is to tell people why this show was enjoyable, what worked in it, what didn't work. So to answer your question, yes, always look for new reviewers. If you go onto our website, there is an a very standard sort of little form to fill out. You can get in touch first and then we'll get back to you. I'll tell you what you need to do. And then we will feed people through the whole process of what happens going out to your first review. We try to nurture our reviewers. So you would need people for Camden and you'd need people for Edinburgh. 
any other festivals that you cover at the moment? No, well, I mean, we're always trying to move out of London and we had a little run of sort of getting sort of Manchester. We had some people in Bristol and a few others, but we've struggled. I mean, we've always said if people were to review outside of London, we would look at getting them into shows. We get invited, especially touring shows. We get a lot of invites outside London. I know um, off West End are desperately trying to get a foothold in Manchester at the moment. So if we can get people in Manchester, we'd love to start building that up again. We're involved with Off West End for the Off Common World. Um, are you going to go to Edinburgh this year or are you mainly going to be Camden based? I'm Camden based. I'm going to see how many shows I can squeeze in in Camden this year. I'm aiming for, oh, I reckon I can get at least three or four in a week. But um, I shall see. Edinburgh, we've got a few people I know going to Edinburgh. It's again, because we're volunteers. It's it's the expense of going to Edinburgh, but people will do it as a as a busman's holiday almost. I mean, I think we did about eighty shows in Edinburgh last year. Oh, it sounds a lot until you think how many shows there were. I'm go focus on Camden. I'm I'm aiming at the moment to hopefully have twenty or thirty interviews for Camden shows as well, which will go then put out through July and into August. I'm literally at the moment as I get invites in. If a show looks like something I can knock up a load of questions for, I'm literally emailing people back. Said, "Would you like to do a written interview?" I'm going to try and get a few people on our podcast as well from Camden Fringe. And is it super busy for you? Because obviously, when you're not seeing a show, are you editing reviews? Are you posting things online? Is it you know a really busy time for you? Last August, I wasn't working, so I was focusing on the website, and I was doing twelve-hour days wow. just to keep on top of it which is not going to happen this year because I don't have that. So I try not to edit. I hate editing. So I've got people who do the editing for us generally. I just do the overflow and the publishing. Yeah, the publishing takes a while because then you've got to sort out the social media, you've got to sort out images. Each review, I reckon, takes us back end about two to two and a half hours. Yeah, so last year we did about 140 reviews over August. So we're looking at about 300 plus hours of people's time just to keep on top of that. The one thing I'd say, and I've probably said it a couple of times, but I will repeat it because I think it's important. If you are inviting reviewers and not getting responses, don't get disheartened. If you only get one reviewer into your show, don't get disheartened. We are spread very thinly. Don't look at what you haven't got. Look at what you do get. So if you're getting one reviewer, fantastic. You've got one reviewer. Yeah, getting a reviewer for a show that is only running for a few days is an impressive feat. Yeah, some people can do the whole of Edinburgh, can't they, and come out without a without a review. At- also, if you, you've got two, three, four shows on in the same venue on the same evening, talk to the other people. If they've got a reviewer come to show at seven o'clock, find out who it is. Email them and say, look, you're coming at seven. Why don't you hang about to 8.30 and see my show as well? That does work. I'm probably not going to pick shows so much as venues this year. So I'm going to spend a night at one venue, a night at another venue, and just do all the shows in that venue on that evening. So if, if you know a reviewer's coming in at seven o'clock, get in touch with that person and say, would you like to come see my show straight afterwards? Do you want to do us where we can find you on social media and things? Obviously, website's the easiest thing. So think hyphen theatre.co.uk. Biggest bane of my life, that hyphen. It was set up in 2011 when people didn't have so much idea about web addresses, did they? So um, they put a hyphen in it and terrible mistake. But yeah, if you search for everything theatre, you'll find us. Uh, Twitter is our big one. So that's every theatre. Instagram, we are, I believe, the same. We're every theatre. Facebook page, I think if you search for everything theatre, you'll find us on there. We are also on Masterdon as every theatre. But um, I, I set up Masterdon just in case Twitter went down completely. Thing, But but catch Twitter is the big one. I mean, 11,500 followers on Twitter. So we do all right on Twitter. So get catch us on there. 
Oh, and tell us about your podcast. Um, our podcast, we try to talk to, I'm, I've tried to make it very, again, off the beaten track. So I try to focus on fringe theatre. I've, I've spoken to people at venues as well. I've had, I mean, I've had David Brady before, but generally we talk, we try to talk to fringe theatre and touring production. Our podcast is more a chance for me just to be really nerdy and ask questions that I've, I want to ask people about their shows. So um, it is a lot of fun. And you can find, again, you can find all, all the podcasts on our website. I do want July to be all about promoting Camden Fringe for you. Yay, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Yeah, thank That's you. Been, good advice. Been an absolute pleasure again. Welcome back to us waffling. We are going to waffle now about our brochure, which has been published. Zena is one of the few human beings to actually have her mitts on a copy. They're currently being distributed across London. How does it look? looks very beautiful. We've got a lovely artwork on the front. It's a sort of magical pigeon. And he is wearing a tuxedo, but it has pigeon wings. And he's holding a skull and some cards and some birds and a rabbit with her boobies out. And the rabbit is wearing a ruff holding a mask and there's a fox playing a guitar and there's a puppet. It's got everything. It really has. Boobs, puppets, wings, everything. Say a number between 1 and 48. Um, I'm going to say 31. Blink, a one-man gay rom-com. After a fantastic debut run at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2022, Terry Dio's astounding show is back. Blink gives a raw and emotional insight into modern life for an interracial couple. This one-man gay rom-com will have you laughing, cheering and reaching for the tissues. You were. And that's on at the Etcetera, 16th to the 20th of August at 9pm. Is that just the one show on that page? That's just the top one. We've also got Not Like Other Girls at the Queer Comedy Club and Gaslight at the Etcetera Theatre. Very nice. There's just loads and loads. But there are also obviously lots of shows that aren't in the brochure because not everyone chose to be in it. So some are just listed online. You can check those out on our website, camdenfringe.com. Yeah, and if you're, for example, if you think, oh... It's a Monday night. I just want to see what's on on this day and just go to whatever's on. You can do that. You can go to the website and just click on the date where you want a night out at the Camden Fringe and it will bring up a list of what's on and then you can just take potluck. That's the best way to do it sometimes. I think that's the best way. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be hopefully talking to some acts that are taking part in the Camden Fringe. See you then. Bye. Bye.